Well, buckle up. It's time for episode 77 of Three Point Podcast. Three sports guys from three different generations with the hottest takes on sports and pop culture. I'm the baby boomer, Ted Fatale of Sportsnet Michigan and Z92.5 here in the Castle Studios in mid-Michigan. Our social media guru and middleman is Matt Burns of ESPN in Charlotte, North Carolina. Our contrarian, Jared Fatale, he's tied up at the moment on his landscaping job. He may call in before we're all done here, but if we miss him, I'm sure he'll have plenty of comments the next time around. Our podcast partners include Advanced Elevator, Sheridan Realty and Auction Company, Rivals Tap House and Grill, The Corona Connection, and Card Service Michiana, and also Promec Engineering Services. Thanks also to our website teammates at Sports Radio Detroit. We're going to get into all the hot sports stuff going on and have another edition of Entertainment Tonight. All that and much more coming up right after these messages. Rivals Tap House and Grill is the area's go-to spot for the best in food and drink. Meet up with your friends and catch your favorite sporting events on over 20 high-def flat-screen TVs. And our 120-inch projection screen. Rivals can handle your large or small parties and is an awesome spot to put on your fundraising events. Weekly food and drink specials including gourmet burgers, wings, pizza, homemade soup, and salads. Rivals also stocks a large selection of craft and domestic brews. Rivals Tap House and Grill, the official gathering spot of three-point podcast located on the corner of Shiawassee and M21 in Corona. 85, 90, 95, 100. Looking for items to buy or sell? Look no further than SheridanAuctionService.com. We will solve your problem. Bring Sheridan Realty and auction your items and we will market them all over the country and get them sold. If you are looking to buy items, we can help with that too. Call today, 989-720-SELL. It's fast, easy, and we get results. SheridanAuctionService.com. Buy or sell, we'll get it done for you. Call 989-720-SELL. You'll do better with Sheridan. We're obviously coming off of the 4th of July weekend, and I think we all had had a great weekend. It sounds like weather was good back in Michigan. We had some some great weather down here in the Carolinas, too, nice and hot. Mid-90s actually got up into the triple digits, you know, so nice and warm to be by some water. Uh, My family, we we hung out on the lake down here. There's a – I probably talked about it last summer. It's called Lake Norman down here. Huge lake, kind of like Houghton or Higgins or Torch Lake, you know, for, for the people in Michigan. Um, but, yeah, we spent a weekend on the lake and just hung out, kayaks, canoes, paddle boards, you know, all that kind of stuff. Classic lake weekend, grilling food, having drinks on the water, all that. So, Well, not only a classic lake weekend, a classic uh, 4th of July weekend, man. That sounds like that's just what the doctor ordered. It, it was great. And, it's that, like I said, that lake is it's probably the biggest inland lake. It's one of the biggest inland lakes actually in America, but the biggest one in the Carolinas anyway. Hmm. And it's... Like, all the money in the Carolinas have houses on the lake. All the NASCAR drivers, like Earnhardt Jr. has a huge place on the lake. Michael Jordan has, like, three. Uh, the Curry family, like Steph Curry, Del Curry, they, they've got houses on the lake. So it's kind of that. We we rented an Airbnb. So, nice. I mean, I'm not saying that we have a house on the lake. Uh, we, we usually find, like, an Airbnb and find a good spot to stay for the weekend or whatever. But, yeah, just a great time. And people are shooting off fireworks everywhere, you know political stuff aside the the trump national golf course and there's a resort on the lake too so they were shooting off fireworks and doing all that stuff so yeah like you said just a classic holiday good summer weekend on the lake um but the big news obviously all of that you know get that out of the way we have to know how the fatel family reunion not at Onaway, 
went? How did it all go? Oh, well, I'll definitely get into that before. Uh, or what happened? Oh, I'll fill you in. But before I do, you 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 know you you cut yourself a little short there. You, no other details. Anything interesting happened? I know you and your wife have a tradition of doing backflip, front flip into the water. I mean, you got to <laughs> fill us in a little bit more on your weekend there, big guy. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, that's really kind of it. We uh, <laughs> just hung out. Hung out. We had we had friends come up, and yeah. we did a lot of grilling. Yeah, the the front flip, backflip thing. Um, <laughs> My my wife has done, I don't know, she's always done those, like, even, like, back in her high school, college days and stuff like that, going off boats and docks and stuff. So, like, the first summer that we were dating and hanging out on uh, her stepdad's boat, where were we at? We were on Saginaw Bay up in Michigan. She challenged me. She, she you know, she was kind of like, I can do backflips. And I was like, cool, cool. And, you know, so she challenged me. So it's kind of been, I don't know, we've turned it into a little tradition. I I could probably do a backflip. I haven't done one in a long time, so I stick to my front flip. She does her backflip, and we always record it, and it's just kind of one of those fun things we do every summer. Yeah, so. it looked, looked like a lot of fun, and that does look like a real nice lake you were at from some of the social media posts you had there. You know, uh, I will talk about our weekend. I, I, it's too bad that Jared isn't here. We've had a tough time getting our schedules together, so it's just the two of us right now unless he does pop in or phone in. But uh, as we talked about last week, we had the uh, Fatel family reunion weekend uh, every 4th of July, the Saturday after the 4th. Our Lake Association puts on a really impressive fireworks display, you know, the evening, that Saturday evening. And, and again, the fireworks did not disappoint. They were outstanding. The weather cooperated. It, it was just a great cap to the evening. Actually, it wasn't a cap to the evening because we, you know, we watched the fireworks and then made our way back down to the campfire. And, you know, for an old guy like me, staying up till 1.30 in the morning pounding beer, that's a little out of the normal. But that is kind of normal 4th of July stuff, right? Yeah, definitely. Well, yeah, because you have to wait till it's at least dusk or dark right. for fireworks, right? Yeah, so. and Michigan has kind of a late dusk compared to, to the East Coast for sure. Can you see, so where they shoot the fireworks off, can you see them... Because you guys are right on the lake, right? We're so right can you on. See the fireworks basically in your backyard. Yep, we have a nice uh, clearing and opening between the trees because we're right on. We're high on the lake. We're, we got a high bank, and they they bring a barge out to the middle of the lake and shoot off the fireworks. So it's it's a really a nice setup. So so that was the end of the evening. But you know, earlier in the day, we had our uh, family cookout for forty to forty-five people. I can't remember how many showed up. Um, wow. You know, it, it turned out real well. And just come, you know, you know how Michigan is, and I'm probably in Carolina too. Completely out of nowhere, there was like a five to ten percent chance of rain. And about halfway through our meal, a major rainstorm came down it came out of nowhere there was no sprinkling all of a sudden it was just a downpour thank goodness that we had most of the tables all set up in the garage and we also had a tent for the for the elders to dine in but uh, still it got a little bit wet but other than that uh, very good now I know Jared would want to be here to talk about his defending his cornhole championship well the crown goes to his dad, Coach John Fattel. Oh, yeah, he okay, took Coach Fattel. Oh, okay, huh? Let me back up again. He made it to the finals. He actually lost to my brother-in-law Gary the Goose Hickman. So John lost in the finals. He did take home some money though, but Gary won the contest. Okay. Yep. I, I wanted to clarify that right away. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. So where? How far did Jared make it? Um, I, to tell you the truth, Matt, and you've heard me talk about this before, since I was the host, I actually didn't participate myself. I was organizing it, did the draw. Uh, my parents, 
You know, they're up there in age, and they needed a ride home. My sister was in the contest. She's the one that brought them out, but I volunteered to take them home. So I watched, like, the first two rounds, and then I got back in time to see the championship match between Gary and John. So I'm not exactly sure if Jared made it a round or two or not. We'll have to get that update from him when he checks back in. Well, 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 the update will be curious because I'm sure there will be some excuses involved. Why, why they didn't? You, you know, the boards that you had weren't regulation size. You know, something like that. I am curious. So you play one on one. It's a one on one cornhole tournament. It's a one on one. Yep. And we, last year we did winner take all. It, it's it's not for a lot of money. We pitch in five bucks a piece. And last year was winner take all. This year it was the winner takes two thirds, and the and the second place takes a third. So that's how we did it. I think we. We had 16 teams this year, or 16 individuals, you know, and so the bracket worked out real well, and uh, we had two boards going, so it, it, it's a pretty good way to burn some time in the afternoon and have some fun. Yeah, have a little fun, and I mean, usually, you know, sometimes with those events, whether it's a Christmas party or whatever it is, usually it's the food, you know, you, you oh. get there and people bring all their passing dishes or, you know, the, the turkey's getting cooked or the grill or whatever. And then sometimes it is kind of like once you, you're done eating, it's almost like, okay, now what? Exactly. So it, right. it's nice to have some, another event like that to yeah pass the time and have some fun. Well, that's exactly how we set it up. And by the way, speaking of the food, you know, I mean, every, when you think of, of Fourth of July fair, you think of hot dogs and burgers. But we had we had pork barbecue, you know, we had chicken barbecue. We had my dad went all out. He brought, he must have brought 40 or 30 or 40 anyway. Uh, lamb shish kebabs, you know, with the lamb chunks and peppers and onions. And so I cooked those on the grill. He brought them, but I cooked them. Um, And then, like you said, the passing dishes that people brought were all just outstanding. There's also a family favorite. Uh, It's an Armenian dish. It's They call it meshi. And what it is, if you're familiar with Greek food at all, they have stuffed grape leaves. And basically it's stuffed grape leaves. They stuff it with, with lamb and other spices. And, you know, when you look at it, especially if you're a little kid, you're going, I'm not eating that. But if you if you dare to eat it, it's just outstanding. And uh, it, it really was a big hit. How does that land in the family? Did you have someone... I mean, is this like a generational thing that has gone back a long ways, or did someone just randomly bring it one time and everyone liked it? No, it was a it was a long time family recipe. I think it came over from the Middle East and Armenia with my grandfather, my dad's dad, and then my dad and obviously his siblings learned the recipe, and it's been passed down to our generation. And then even Jared and his brothers have helped make it before because it's getting pretty tough on my dad to make it. So you know, it has been it is it is one of those dishes that. That's passed on from generation to generation, which is really cool. Because really, that's that's the go-to dish in our family when we have big get-togethers and, and potluck like this. When we hear that somebody's bringing meshi, everybody's excited. It's kind of like, you know, if, if you're a, a big-time shawarma fan and you know where the best shawarma places are out there, you yeah. know how excited you can get for that. Yeah. Yeah, that is cool. I mean, I I would think I don't know, you know, about every family, but I would think a lot of families probably have stuff like that. I I can think of stuff that my mom, whether it's a summer or like a Christmas get together, mm-hmm. like she has to make this stuff, or else all the aunts and uncles, cousins are wondering where it's at. So yeah, there's and it, there's other family members who have their things that they have to make. So it is kind of cool that everyone 
has their, I guess, go-to dish for, for certain cookout or family events. Now, do you think your uh, your traditional tater tots are going to be passed down generation to generation? I think so. I mean, <laughs> I'll pass that down to, to my daughter or, you know, if we have any more kids. I'll just make sure they know that this is Dad's go-to dish, tater tots. Let's run to the store five minutes before on the way to the party because that's how it usually goes. Pick up some tater tots, and you know you know the one thing that is going to be wiped clean in that whole cookout, that whole event, it's going to be the tater, tater tots. tots. Now, uh, do you do, do them plain, or do you have any dipping sauces that go with it? Uh, well, when I've done it, I just do them plain. Mm-hmm. But you know, whatever is there. I mean, it's a free-for-all, whatever you want to put on Yeah, obviously, obviously ketchup jumps to the top of the table there, you would think. I Yeah, I usually do a little ketchup, and that's good. And I've seen people put, like, nacho cheese on it. Right. We were at Disney. I know Jared Jared would love this story. He would laugh about it, uh, a Disney story. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard. I think it's kind of there are other places do these things, too. But specifically at Disney a couple weeks, um, there was a, one of the places that we stopped to eat. They had tachos. Have you ever heard of something like that? No, what's that? So tachos, it's tater tots and nachos, oh. so tachos. And these ones, I mean, I, I've had them a few times, and they've everyone kind of has a little spin on them, but it's kind of like layered nachos, basically. But So the, one that, the ones we got at Disney were tater tots were the base layer. It was like cheese, meat, sour cream, chili cheese sauce, some more cheese, and then I think this one had like some chives or, you know, something like that on it. So... Basically, just think of, like, you know, if you go to a restaurant and get the, like, seven-layer nachos, loaded nachos, whatever you call them, but instead of chips, it's tater tots, so tachos. Sounds pretty good to me. Well, you know, I I think we covered the gamut for the weekend from our viewpoint. We always like to hear from the youngster, and I'm sure he'll want to add a few things on the weekend and back to the uh, the family-slash-on-away controversy we'll see what his feelings are because i actually was hoping he was going to be here for sure so i wanted to get his viewpoint on the party since i was the host i didn't really want to lay everything out you know i wanted to hear if he had a good time and and what he thought so i mean with that with that spread of food that you just know there was a lot more a cornhole tournament good weather except for the quick little rain shower yep. fireworks it worked out know, probably a couple of drinks i don't know what he would have to complain about yeah i would have to agree i mean a, a full day of uh fun times and it flew by that's that's the key right there when it flies by and you look at your watch and you go holy cow it's eight thirty already you know that that was pretty good especially i mean when you're hosting you know yep. you're making sure all the food is out and People are getting their drinks or whatever, so it definitely flies by that when you're doing that, too. No doubt. Well, uh, we're going to get into some sports talk. Before we do, I just want to tell you that Card Service Michiana offers the best credit card setup and equipment for both new and existing merchants. Guaranteed to save you money. Call 574-238-1397 or contact, uh, contact us here at 3 Point Pod. For details, also the chronoconnection.com knows that it is great to be gold. By the way, Matt, we're going to have a special edition of Three Point Podcast down the road. You know, we talked about the Corona Sports Hall of Fame uh, on a pod uh, a while back. Well, they have announced their first ever, the inaugural class of the Corona High School Sports Hall of Fame. We're going to get into that in a future pod. I'm looking forward to that. And you can keep up to date on all that is Corona at coronaconnection.com. Yeah, that's cool. I was actually going to ask you about that. I, I thought about that randomly a few days ago or something that I, di- I didn't know when, but I knew soon probably that first class for the CHS Hall of Fame was going to come out. So it is, I mean, just 
the insider has it gone public yet or? it's yeah no it's public now uh, I, I would tell you i know there's let me see if i can get it all memorized i know that uh the 55 football team the 47 football team and the 1983 basketball team that was a no-brainer yep um uh, individual athletes jerry dutcher he was a standout all-sport athlete in the 60s and jamie krasminski a standout uh, runner in cross country and track uh, she made it, and Frank Korn made it as a Hall of Fame contributor to the Cavalier program. So not a bad first class. I mean, that's a. I mean, for people who know the Corona Cavaliers, that's a that's a legendary first class right there. So that, that's really cool. But yeah, we should maybe get into it a little more on a future pod. Oh, uh, we certainly will. We'll we'll have a that's special special three point pod directed mainly at uh, the Mid Michigan area for that show. It won't be a regular one. We'll just do a special one on the Corona Hall of Fame. How's that sound? Sounds good to me. All right. Now, there's there's been a lot of sports going on. They, they call this the so-called dead time of year. Right. <laughs> but, my goodness, let's uh, let's go to the hot the hot sport, really, when you think about it. I mean, you go right from college football, NFL football, and then basically into college basketball and the NBA, and the NBA is still hot. Let's get into that. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's because none of our teams were – you know, necessarily making runs into the to the NBA Finals, the NBA Championship, even though the finals were great with the, the Raptors and the Warriors. But it seems like this offseason already has been as exciting or more exciting even than, than the NBA Finals because just all the player movement, it's something like six, I think it was like six or eight All-Stars have changed teams. You know, obviously the stars like Durant, Kyrie, Kawhi, all these guys changing teams. It's just, it's almost like a video game, right? Like, you know, you think about video games, you try and make all these crazy trades and stuff, and it's a ton of fun. I don't know what you think, but I kind of like it. Well, you know, I've come around, let's put it that way. I mean, you got to play with the rules that are out there, right? And in today's day and age, the way the players, the money they're making and the leverage they have – uh, you just got to be able to roll with it. And really, if being a Pistons fan, I think it all shakes down to their advantage right now, even if they stay status quo. I mean, it was was I a big fan of Kawhi going to the Clippers? Not really. I would have rather seen him go to the Lakers personally just to see what kind of team that would be. But I it didn't surprise me at all because he's going to be with the Clippers. He had kind of a pre-deal set, didn't he, with Paul George? He, he said, I'll go join the Clippers, but you got to make a deal. Is that basically I mean, how it came down? What it sounds like, yeah. It sounds like they had, whether it was during the All-Star break, you know, I mean, these guys, they all know each other and stuff. They text, whatever. So, yeah, at some point they talked, but it does seem like, it, there's like two sides to it. It's funny, like you see all the the you know NBA insiders, the experts, whatever you want to say, coming out saying the Clippers are out of it. He's going to the Lakers. Right. Dylan Rose even was saying he came out and said like 99% sure he's staying with the Raptors. And then boom, all of a sudden it was like I think it was Friday night because I mean we were all busy with our holiday weekend, but I think it was Friday night late. He announced all of a sudden he's going to the Clippers, and it was, everyone was just like, "What?" They went crazy, and and then that trade got announced, and that, that's what I mean. It was kind of cool, you know, almost yeah. more exciting than the NBA Finals. But um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, as a Lakers fan, obviously, I thought it would have been cool for him to go to the Lakers, but a little surprising to see him to go go to the the Clippers, to be honest, because. I thought if he wasn't going to go to the Lakers, I thought the Raptors would be just as good or, or better of a choice for him to do that. But Well, well I think no. he might have laid the same deal on the table for the Raptors, maybe. Make a deal to bring George in here, and I'll, st- I'll re-sign with you. At least a short-term contract. 
Yeah, that, it, yeah. It sounds like he wasn't gonna stay with the Raptors if they basically did nothing else, mm-hmm. and it didn't. I mean, they obviously didn't do anything else as far as bringing another star in. So that's why, that's why I went to the Clippers. Well, what and maybe th- he didn't want to play. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think anyone really knows what's going on with Kawhi Leonard. I was gonna say maybe he didn't want to kind of play like second, third fiddle to. LeBron James well, I'll and say uh, it. Anthony I'll, Davis with the Lakers. I'll say it. I think that's for sure the case. I mean, he wanted to go to L.A. anyway, right? Right, yeah. And he's going to be the man. He's, you know, I mean, he's already won two championships. He doesn't have to go join a super team or make a super team. He'll he'll be the man, right? Yep. For sure. And I, it's, yeah. not, it's not a bad move, but the only thing is, man, that West is awful tough, man. The Lakers, the Clippers, the Warriors are still going to be good. I mean, it, 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 it's it's an awesome division. Yeah, yeah, the West is definitely, I mean, the East does have the few teams, you know, the, the Celtics, the Sixers. Right. Even the Raptors are probably still going to be solid. But, uh, yeah, the West is loaded. I mean, the Rockets with Harden and Chris Paul, you don't know exactly maybe what they're going to do. But like you said, the Warriors, you know, because Clay, that's assuming Clay comes back and is as, as good or maybe even better than he was before. Um, even the, the Utah Jazz loaded up, and the right. Nuggets made you know all their guys are coming back. And look how good Portland you know, was last year. And the Blazers, they're they're a real good team too. So yeah, and and then like it, it is funny to me, maybe just as a Lakers fan, but it just like all the talk was about Kawhi, and rightfully so. He had like a legendary playoff run, so him going to the Clippers was like a huge is a huge deal. But it's like people are just conveniently forgetting that. The Lakers still have LeBron James, and then they signed Boogie Cousins, who yes, a little injury issue, but if he can get back being healthy, LeBron, Anthony Davis, Boogie Cousins, that's not too bad. Oh, that's a that's a that was a solid signing right there. I mean, I you know say what you will about Cousins, but he has another year to get healthier. We know he has the talent. That's that's a pretty good threesome there. Yeah, and they finally, they, they made, like last year, you know, after they got LeBron, it was just, I don't know, I don't know if it was Magic Johnson or what was going on, but all those, like, veteran guys they were signing, it just was kind of a mess, obviously. Yes. They didn't even end up making the playoffs. But uh, the the guy that they signed this time, Danny Green, they picked up Avery Bradley, and, you know, they, they got, like, Rajon Rondo coming back. You know, they've they've kind of addressed, they've got some solid players around LeBron, Anthony Davis, but... It's all, it all comes down to health now because even yep. LeBron got hurt last year. Anthony Davis always seems to get a little, a little hurt and, you know, Boogie Cousins coming off some injuries. So, I don't know, just personally, if, if everyone's healthy, you know, you always go off just assuming everyone's going to stay healthy. You know, nothing major happens. I don't know how you can pick right now anyone against the Lakers. Just my personal opinion because of LeBron James and Anthony Davis. But Kawhi, yeah. I mean, that, that year he just had, that, that was ridiculous. So. Well, and you, you, the Lakers are definitely loaded, uh, and you talked about the injury factor, and, and we talked about it last time we did this podcast. It's all going to be about uh, you know time management, game management as far as playing time for the players. I mean, you're not going to want to play any of these guys much more than, no more than 60 games, right? Try to try to make it to the playoffs, be in there healthy, try to get a halfway decent seating. But the the key factor, like you said, got to be healthy getting into the playoffs. Yeah, because I mean, I, I, you never know what's going to happen. But I mean, the Warriors, the, the the Raptors, almost you could almost say got an NBA championship because the Warriors had two other superstars get hurt. I mean, it, it you, definitely helped. You anyway. can definitely it, make it really that argument out in getting that championship. So. Right. If you can, if you've got a guy like Boogie Cousins who has some of these injuries, 
even Anthony Davis, LeBron, all these guys with all these minutes that they have, you know, yeah, why do you have to play them in a mid-December, mid-February game, you know, coming off a back-to-back on on the the road road or something like that? I mean, Greg Popovich has been doing it for a long time with his Spurs, with Tim Duncan and Parker and Ginobili and those guys. You know, he he didn't care. If the Spurs were on national television on a a Saturday primetime, a Sunday primetime, whatever it was, he would still sit these guys because he knew the value in making sure that they were fresh, as fresh as they could be anyway, and healthy going into the playoffs. And I think people are starting actually to finally say, hey, maybe this Greg Popovich guy – he knew what he was doing. There's no doubt. He was the pioneer in that. And, I mean, if you look back at the Spurs' success in those days, it's hard to argue, right? Right. <laughs> they, a, they won a few championships. Just a few, including one with Kawhi. Yeah. Well, so well, you I, know, was, I was going to ask you. I was watching. Yeah. I mean, I love um, – we've talked about it. I mean, Entertainment Tonight, we, we talk about TV a lot. And mm-hmm. we've talked about these shows, um, like Around the Horn, PTI, and yeah. some of these staples on uh, ESPN. And I was watching uh, – PTI today and Tony and Wilbon brought up basically this this topic we're talking about the player movement in the NBA and they you know the the question was is it good for the NBA and I thought you know that that'd be an interesting question to bring up on the pod so we we kind of talked about it I personally I I like it I think it's fun I I definitely I mean I grew up in the you know the early 90s era of basketball where for the most part guys stayed on one team maybe they went to two teams uh, you know, Kobe Bryant was my favorite player. He stayed with the Lakers his whole career. So I definitely think that is really cool for, you know, the loyalty and all that. But I definitely wanted to get your guys' opinions. So, you know, we're not going to hear from Jared this time. But if, so you're kind of leaning. You're you're kind of on the fence. Well, the- uh, here's 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 my viewpoint on it. And like I said, I, I'm more of a traditionalist. If if I could be running the NBA there would be a lot less of this free agency stuff. There would be more of the traditional, hey, you're drafted by a team, you sign a contract with them, you try to build a team to get a championship. I mean, look at the NFL. The NFL, you know, you don't see a ton of movement, and uh, there's a lot of parity. And I like that fact because, you know, your team has a chance to win. In today's day and age, if it's, if it's a site where – you know, it, it's it's a location where players don't want to go to, let's say Detroit or Cleveland, something like that. You know, not to diss those cities, but wouldn't you rather play in L.A., Miami, even Orlando for that matter? But the big but I have is it does create a lot of excitement. It is the way it is. And if you're going to survive and if you're going to be a winning franchise, you better figure out how to make it work for you. Right. I mean, let's face it. We're talking uh, about all these free agents and moving. It's exciting. There's no doubt about it. And it does create a lot of excitement. Even even today, we don't know what's going to happen. We're recording this on a Monday night because of our schedule conflicts. We didn't get a chance to do it Sunday night. And Jared, as we mentioned, not here tonight yet. But the Detroit Pistons. They're making NBA news right at the moment. They're actually at least in consideration for Russell Westbrook. What do you think of that? Yeah, and I mean, like you said, I mean, the Pistons basically never making any headlines or whatever this off season, yeah. and you know, all of a sudden, boom! They're like you said, they're being talked about in in uh, early July and in, in the off season. So, yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I, I've said this before about some of these stats in today's NBA and some of these players. You know, Westbrook's averaged a triple double for the last two seasons, which is 
basically never been done. Like Oscar Robertson is like the only guy to ever do it, like like what Russell Westbrook is doing. So numbers alone, he he puts up numbers, and he is just a ridiculous talent. But like his the Thunder never make it out of the first round of the playoffs. So it's kind of like, what do those numbers? What like what actual impact does he have on the game? But and, and he his contract is ridiculous. I think something oh, like. It, by the time he's 34, which is in a few years, he's going to be making like 47 million or something like that. So right. he's on a ridiculous contract right now. So all the, you have all that, but to me, and I was texting texting some buddies about it, and you know, should the Pistons make this move? You know, just my opinion. I'm like, hey, we just talked about some of the teams. All these teams are kind of stacking up, getting new players, and the Pistons. I mean, where are they at? They were the eighth seed in the playoffs, and they got swept out of the first round, and they're. Badly. For the most part, rolling with the same roster. They did sign Derrick Rose, I guess, but you know, for the most part, they're rolling with the same roster they had last year. To me, it's like make a move, do something, you know, put some butts in the the seats of Little Caesars Arena. If anything, Russell Westbrook would make that team fun, as long as you don't have to give up everyone. Yeah, I think if they really have a chance to make that move. They got to do it. it. It would be nice. Let's let's put it this way. I'm not a huge Andre Drummond fan. I just he puts up numbers. You know, he's a solid rebounder. Uh, if Blake could light a fire under his ass, I'd be okay. If they could keep him, so you could have Westbrook, Griffin, and Drummond, and then everybody else, I'd say cut loose if you have to. Mm-hmm. Why not? Why not? Yeah, I mean, the whole NBA now is about the big three. You're trying every team, you know, it's not it's not good enough anymore to have one superstar surrounded by a bunch of role players. Even to an extent, it's not even good enough to have, like, two stars. You really are trying to build your team around three, you know, at least borderline superstar players. So if you could, right, you got to keep Blake Griffin. You, it wouldn't make sense to trade him. But if you, so you have Blake Griffin – Team him up with Russell Westbrook. If you can somehow keep Andre Drummond, who's been to an all-star game, that trio right there, Russell Westbrook, Blake Griffin, Andre Drummond, it's up there with, you know, some of the best in the league. Now it depends on, obviously, what else you'd have to give up to give him or to get him. Um, Who does OKC have as a center? Yeah, their center is Steven Adams. Is he any good? Uh, you know, the big dude, long hair. He's, yeah. I mean, he's one of the better – he doesn't put up like scoring numbers, but he's one of the better centers in the league, and they've actually talked about moving him. So yeah, if he could be part of the deal, that'd be pretty awesome. That would at least I would take him over Andre Drummond. Okay, uh, to be honest, but yeah, if you could just, it'd have to be the right deal, you know. But I, I guess my thing is, is like it, the Pistons, how they look right now, unless for some reason they just really click. Um, they're they're not going to win the NBA championship or the East with the the team they have right now. So it's almost like you know why not give it a shot and see if see if Russell Westbrook just all of a sudden and, and Blake Griffin they just really like you said light a fire under each other's ass and they get it going. Well, you know we'll see what they do. I mean it might be wishful thinking. I know uh, we thought when they signed Griffin, you know maybe that was uh, a kiss of death too because of his contract and how strapped they would be. But maybe maybe because of that, why not go all in now? You know, what do you got to lose? What do you got to lose? Maybe it'll, it, if anything, it'll make them more fun to watch. This more is, fun for people to go to games, watch them on TV. Well, that's the other thing. They need to get butts in the seats down there for sure, and they're definitely struggling in the in the new arena without a doubt. And, you know, just briefly I wanted to touch upon that. I know, uh, you know, there was a Detroit Free Press article about the Palace, and, you know, I, I still thought that that was a very 
viable building for a lot of reasons and maybe a big mistake for the Pistons to move downtown. What's your thought? Well, what did I see? I mean, I've just been – I haven't been reading on the last couple of weeks, just been busy. Did did the Pals get knocked down, or are the plans to knock it down? There's, there's or what pl- exactly? Yeah, there's plans to knock it down and uh, develop it for real estate. I mean, it is a high real estate area for sure. Yeah. But, I mean, when you think about – it really isn't that old of a building. It's really not outdated. I mean, even if you even if you put some of the modern features in there, the way it was built, it it's still a very solid building. And on top of that, to draw an NBA, to, to draw fans at night in and night out, it had all the infrastructure. You know, the easy access from I seventy five. You had Oakland County and Genesee County easy to get to it as well as the Detroit area. The whole thought process was, well, we want to bring a team back into downtown Detroit, but uh, sharing sharing Little Caesars Arena with the Red Wings, which really, when you think about it, primarily it's their building. You know, the, the Pistons are leasers. Right. I don't know. I mean, if if your team isn't a, a, a you know, a top team in the NBA year in and year out. Are you really going to draw much in downtown Detroit? Certainly not from the surrounding areas. Yeah, I think it would definitely be different if the Pistons were a lot better. Yep. But, you know, and, and part of it, I think there's still that, I don't know, that mindset or, you know, some people have about not wanting to go downtown Detroit. And, you know, downtown Detroit, with, with the new arena and all the other stuff they've done downtown, has definitely turned around from you know 10 15 years ago or whatever so oh, no doubt i think there's still some people who don't want to go downtown and have to maybe park four or five blocks away and have to walk to a game at seven at night or back to their car at 11 at night yeah i think that's a, definitely a big part of it for sure and you know we should uh, put aside anybody's fears i mean it, it's pretty easy, pretty good parking around little caesar's arena yeah, I'll be going down there in a, in a couple weeks to see Queen again with Adam Lambert, so I'll fill you in on that. And that'll be another Entertainment Tonight episode. Uh, anything else we want to wrap up here in NBA talk? Well, I was just going to add to what you said. I mean, I definitely, real quick, I, I definitely agree. I, the last few times I went to the Palace, I, it's still a I mean, it's been a few years, obviously now, but still, it was a it was a good place to watch a game. But I I had some friends, coworkers, like with ESPN or people who went to the Palace for ESPN to work, or you know, yeah. they had to cover events at the Palace. Mm-hmm. And their feedback was like when they I talked to them about it, they all kind of most of them said a similar thing, like cool arena, nice, all that, but there's nothing to do around it. Ah. So I, I think that was at that I, I bet that kind of went into the decision too. It had to. You're right. I mean, it really isn't. So that, that's a good selling point for downtown there. That makes sense. Yep. All right. Well, we're going to have, uh, if you're okay with it, we'll have a little uh, entertainment tonight coming up after this, all right? Let's do it. we got Advanced Elevator Company, though. I want to tell you about them. They feature top expert field technicians for installation, troubleshooting, and repair of elevators, an area business leader and a longtime supporter of the Corona Public Schools, and I'm sure they're, they're on board with the uh, 1983 basketball team making uh, the Hall of Fame for sure, because one of the Janka boys was on that team. Also, Rivals Tap House and Grill. They're going to be a part of Hall of Fame ceremonies in September. That's also the official sports bar of Three Point Podcast. Every Thursday night is Bike Night at Rivals with specials all evening long. They're hosting a series of bags cornhole fundraiser on July 13th with proceeds to help the Morris Youth Football and Cheerleading programs. That's awesome food and drink at Rivals Tap House and Grill in Corona. All right, Matt, um, I talked about it a little last week. It's a Netflix show, and I was one episode in, and I was super impressed. The series Godless. Well, 
now I've binged the whole thing. It's seven episodes. Uh, to set the stage a little bit, it's about a notorious criminal, Frank Griffin. He's played by Jeff Daniels. You've never seen Jeff Daniels like this before. Uh, him and his gang, they're on a mission of revenge against Roy Good. He's played by Jack O'Connell, who is outstanding. It's a son-like protege. He betrayed the Brotherhood and Frank Griffin. That kind of sets the stage for you for the seven episodes. Uh, there's a town called LaBelle, New Mexico. It's governed mainly by women because all the husbands suffered a tragic mining accident. Over 140 men were killed in a mine. So the town is basically all women other than a, a few men, including a sheriff deputy. Let me tell you, I don't know if you've watched any of it yet, Matt. On on the Tedertainment Tonight scale of one to three, Godless gets a flat-out three. Outstanding. I mean, just a, a flat-out three, huh? Highest rating I've given so far. Wow. I know you You said the, the first episode was one of the best first episodes of a miniseries you ever saw. Yes. I was going to ask, did it set the bar too high? Did it live up to the expectations? Sounds like it did. Oh, no. Oh, no. As I'll tell you, you had the first episode. You had the five episodes following, and episode seven. Oh my God! Wait till you get to that one. That's all I can say. Is it? I mean, yeah, because I, I think especially only seven episodes. I mean, I think my wife and I will get to that because I, I love. I know we've talked about. I love westerns. Right. Jeff Daniels is one of my favorites. So that's there we go. That, I mean, and then the the three star rating, the three oh three podcast rating. That that's right. I need. That's all you should ever need. I'm, and you know what what's, What was cool about it? This was a Netflix release, right? Mm-hmm. This was right there with any of the top HBO series that, you know, that they're known for. Nice. The, 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 yeah, because I know you, the HBO, and rightfully so, but you have the HBO series kind of up on a pedestal. So it, yeah. it's up there with those? Absolutely. I mean, the, the, the cinematography was fantastic. The acting was great. The script was fantastic as well. I mean, you know what I'm like when I, I like unique scripts. And this one, this one had a good one, and it also had the baddest of badasses you're ever going to see. I mean, it's, it's just hard to describe. So awesome. that, that one gets a great rating. I also last week talked about the movie Mr. Brooks with Kevin Costner. Oh, yeah. Did you catch it? I actually checked it out. Yeah, I didn't realize that Demi Moore was in it. William Hurt. William Hurt played his bad conscience. He was telling him what to do. You know, Kevin Costner played Mr. Brooks, who was a serial killer. He was trying to trying to, to to repent right stop but William Hurt was over his shoulder telling him what to do yep. and Dane Cook was in the movie he was actually pretty good yep. and uh you remember seeing it right yeah yeah yep. I, I you know I'd give that one I wouldn't quite go to three but I would give that one probably 2.75 on the Tuttertainment yeah, Tonight I, scale I thought it was really good too yeah I, I liked it did did the twist did you I don't know. Like, did you see it coming? Did you get it? Yeah. Oh, I, it, when they when they did it, it was perfect, it, and it was perfect for a Kevin Costner movie. He's he's had a few of those that have had those kind of twists. Yeah, it, I love the ending. It was perfect. I thought. Yeah, yeah, it was a good movie, especially seeing, like you said, seeing Dane Cook in a more serious role. Because at that time, Dane Cook was he was a pretty big deal. Yeah. And then Kevin Costner in that role. You know, it's always cool sometimes to see people do a different role than what they usually do. Yeah, that was well done. And if you never saw that movie, I think it was made in 2007 or 2008. I can't believe that one slipped by me. But uh, if you get a chance to watch it, it's playing right now on HBO On Demand. Speaking of HBO On Demand, as we're into the Tedertainment Tonight section here, Bohemian Rhapsody is on HBO now. 
Oh, wow. And I watched that with my wife yesterday after we were recovering from the weekend activities. Just as good the second time around. It was awesome. I was, was going to say, was it as good as it was in the theater? It really was. Yeah, and I, even, I put it on closed captions so you could <laughs> you could see the lyrics up there and all the songs. And, you know, you didn't have to play pay real close attention to hear all the dialogue. It was it was great. I really enjoyed it. And it you know, there is no doubt that Rami Malek was a dead-on Freddie Mercury. Yeah, he might have lip-synced, but he... He acted his ass off. It was great. Yeah, I definitely want to see it. I I still haven't. I've kind of been waiting for it to be on HBO or Redbox or whatever, so so my wife and I can watch it because I I definitely want to. I I don't. I'm not as big of a Queen fan obviously as you are, but I I definitely appreciate them for what they are. I think you'll like it. I definitely. Yeah, I want to hear your review after you do see it. I've built it up so high, as you know. But, uh, you know, my daughter, Jessica, was actually, she was watching it yesterday almost the same time I was. We were texting back and forth. I was asking her about certain parts. There's one part in the movie where Freddie, uh, he's, he's at a rest area, a truck stop rest area, calling his girlfriend. And you know he's got the gay thing kind of lurking there. And all of a sudden this trucker gets out of his truck and kind of walks to the bathroom. You know, they didn't show anything graphic or anything. Well, that trucker, just a little tip for you was Adam Lambert in a beard. Oh, really? Yeah, little cameo for Lambert. So that was kind oh, that's, of... That's kind of cool to toss that in there since you're you're going to be seeing him in a few weeks. Yeah, absolutely. So so little twist for you there to watch it. And definitely you watch it with your wife and then tell me what you really think. Definitely. Uh, this is more up your alley here, okay? Uh, as we know, ESPN, they're 30 for 30s. They are the best sports documentaries just best documentaries, I think, going out there. Whoever thought of that franchise really knew what they were doing. Do you know the backstory behind that at all? Where where it all came about? I've I've definitely heard it. I I can't remember right now though. Well, the most recent one, the good, the bad, and the hungry. <laughs> yeah, it, it was about the magic versus bird matchup in competitive eating between right. Kobe Kobayashi and Joey Chestnut, and you know. I decided I'm gonna watch this. Get geared up for the hot dog eating contest, which really was anticlimactic compared hey. compared to the 30 for 30. But it was really well done. I mean, they did a great job showing the rise of competitive eating, and especially Kobayashi and, and Joey Chestnut. Did you did you watch it? I did. Yeah, we. I got to see it a couple of days before it aired at work, and. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, you know, it's going to be good, whatever it is, when it's a thirty for thirty. But um, seeing, like, you know, you, you see the headlines of a hot dog eating contest. Maybe if you watch it, you kind of know the the stars and some of that stuff. But those things, you really get in into like the behind the scenes and yeah. you know what some of the other details that you would have had no idea about those two guys. And like you said, the rise of competitive eating. Uh, it was it was really good. Uh, you know, we've talked about it here on this pod before. I'm a pretty good eater with uh, the eight chicken breasts from Frankenmuth. I think that's the <laughs> third week in a row we've talked about that. But uh, they also showed the different uh, eating events that are out there, like turkey eating and taco eating. I can tell you right now, I could crush a whole bunch of tacos. Oh, I I, I don't know how many, but when when that's always like my go-to if someone, my mom or my wife for a birthday or whatever, and they're like, what do you want? It, I, I think I always pick tacos. That's my favorite. That's my go-to, and I put down some tacos. I mean, that, I, I definitely that would be my probably if I had to pick one to do uh, to be competitive eating, it'd probably be tacos. Yeah. And pizza. I saw pizza as one. That'd be a tough one. I feel like pizza or calzones. They were doing. 
Yeah, think with all about. the cheese and oh. the dough, that, that's a tough one. I know when Jared makes an appearance here again, maybe we can talk about it. I know, uh, I think it was it was a couple of buddies of his uh, within the last couple of years uh, went to a, a pizza eating contest at uh, Roma's, and it was the Chicago style pizza, you know, the real thick and heavy sauced uh, pizza. And one of the guys gulped it all down and was supposed to get uh you know some prize money or something along the line and there was some controversy the owner said oh you didn't make it in the time frame so there there was controversy with the boys so we'll have to hear some details on that yeah i'd be curious because yeah i mean i feel like the chicago style if you get two pieces of that down you're doing good (laughs) (laughs) no doubt or finally here um i haven't seen it yet because i was i was so tied into godless but Stranger, Three, St- Stranger Things 3 now is out. Have you watched that series at all? I haven't. I know kind of, uh, like we've talked about it before, like there's certain shows, maybe like Game of Thrones or some other ones uh-huh. that, you know, they be, they become kind of like cool or like everyone watches them. That's kind of, I know, Stranger Things, that's what everyone watches. I haven't gotten into it, but I know people love it. So there are certain things you're a contrarian on and not just Jared, huh? Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, it, it, sometimes it, with TV, it's just a time. I mean, that's, I got so far behind on Game of Thrones. It was like, I, there's no way I'm ever catching up. Yeah, it was impossible, I'm sure, at that point. But, uh, yep, some good stuff to look forward to. I definitely will watch Stranger Things when I get the opportunity. But uh, that'll do it for entertainment news tonight. We'll wrap up the show in just a moment. But uh, don't forget, go online at SheridanAuctionService.com for info on upcoming auctions in July. Great stuff like an air-filled bouncy house, an obstacle course, along with a sweet travel trailer. Also a 12-foot aluminum fishing boat with trailer and a whole lot more. Call Troy Crow at 989-720-SELL for other details or hit him up online. And also for any industrial field service project, contact the pros at Promec Engineering. Any kind of industrial field service project you have, Promex specializes in turnkey installations and startups. More details are available online at pro-mech.com. All right, Matt, uh, we, we didn't do too bad for a twosome here. Is there anything else we want to get on the table here before we wrap this thing up? Well, yeah, I was going to say uh, we kind of were you know, talking about the TV and stuff like that, and we're recording this Monday night. In about two minutes, the Home Run Derby is about to start. It's All-Star Week for Major League Baseball. I know we haven't really talked much baseball because the Tigers aren't doing so well uh, this year. But So is the Home Run Derby a thing? This would have been an interesting thing to talk, you know, the generational side if Jared was here. I agree. Going to watch it. You know, I feel like Jared would say, actually, I feel like the Home Run Derby might be one thing Jared would watch. I think so, too. If there's anything to do with baseball that he would watch, it would have to be that. I mean, yeah, I, w- I would watch it. I don't know if I could sit there all evening watching it, but I'll, I'll flip back and forth to see what's going on, you know, and obviously, you know, uh, your employer spoils me. I mean, if, if I want to catch the highlights, I'm just going to check out SportsCenter, right? Yeah, yeah, they basically, especially something like the Home Run Derby, they, they show you what you need to see. Exactly. <laughs> I was going to ask you, but I will watch it. Uh, the All-Star Game, to tell you the truth, I'll still watch it. Not like when I was a kid. Maybe that's just a generational thing in general. You know, I mean, when I was young, baseball was my whole life in the summertime. You know, I knew every player, every team. Every day I'd look at the standings, see how the Tigers were doing, other teams. You know, they'd always print in the newspaper the batting leaders and home runs, RBIs, batting average. You know, I, I, I knew all the details. I knew all the stats from baseball cards. I have to be honest, the last few years when they introduced the players, 
Yeah, I know some of them. You know, you know the guys like Verlander and the superstars, but some of the other players that make the All-Star team, you just don't know. You don't see them every day. I have no clue who they are. Yeah. Yeah, and even, you know, I've the last couple of years, I still follow baseball, but I, def- I definitely do not as much as I used to. And, you know, part of that, I think, is that our team, the Tigers, just, I mean, to be honest, they just stink right now. So, yeah. you know, if your team, that's kind of how baseball is right now. It's a very regional sport. So, like, if your team is out of it, unless you are just like a baseball junkie, you maybe don't follow it as much. So, yeah, when the All-Star game comes around, yeah, sometimes you are like, oh, who are some of these guys? Oh, I know. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it sucks, but, I mean, it's still fun, especially the home run derby, you know, because it's kind of like the dunk contest. You know, it's just kind of these ridiculously amazing athletes just showing off, basically, you know. And there's a whole chick dig the long ball, but, yep. you know, we grew up playing baseball, and right. there's nothing cooler than hitting a home run. <laughs> did you ever uh, Did you ever YouTube or see on ESPN Films or anything the original home run derby from the 60s? I know I've I've seen like the highlights just being at work and I, I probably had to like do some stuff with it before right. but um, I definitely don't remember I I'm blanking on who was in oh it, it was pretty cool they that's where Berman got the back 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 you know the guy that was doing the play by play they did it in a, a couple of years in spring training and they this was back in the era of uh, you know Willie Mays Hank Aaron Mickey Mantle. Uh, I think it was like the early to mid '60s when they put it out there and it was in black and white. And uh, it was pretty cool. It was it was like usually thrown on a Saturday afternoon, but uh, that's where they started the home run derby. And then when I was a kid, you know, we'd play regular baseball. Well, we'd go. To, and this is again a little local thing. We'd go to McCurdy Park, and then we'd go back by where the barn was and hit towards the grandstand, and we'd play home run derby when we were little kids. Just like just that's like, cool. And I, I mean, I, yeah, obviously not not everyone from Quran or Mid Michigan knows what uh, no the <laughs> park is, but. Um, I remember, so you probably played those grandstands. I, man, I'm remembering I, when I was a kid, they used to have, like, tractor pulls there. Sure. And you would sit at the in the grandstands because um, they, they used to have the fair at McCurdy Park, right? Right. Or they would have something at McCurdy Park. Oh, absolutely. There was, <laughs> yeah, the Shiawassee County Fair was there forever and ever. And, you know, when when you think about the grandstand, again, this is where I'm showing my age. If, if any of our listeners remember Tiger Stadium and they had the roof, and you had the poles coming down, right? So you were protected from rain because you had a roof over you. Well, the grandstand was a little reminiscent of that. It's the bleachers, and it had a roof over, and it had posts coming down. And like I said, we were directly opposite that. We would set up the pitcher mound and hit towards the grandstand. And if you hit it in the stands, home run. Nice. It was awesome. Yeah, because like I said, I remember um, I remember going to tractor pull there. I was little. Like, I barely remember that. But then... They did end up, I'm sure you know, but they did end up putting a baseball field back there, and we played some games there. It was more for Little League, but I I umpired a ton of games at that field where the grandstand was actually being used. So it was actually, it was a cool setting for a baseball game with like a cool old grandstand right on the river right there. So Oh, it's a a cool setting. It's actually the Larry Frank Memorial Field now. That's what it's called. Oh, they did name it? Yep. Cool. Yeah, that, that's a cool spot right there. Yeah, really? yeah, the home run derby. Yeah, we. You know, I think every kid at some point, if you played baseball, you know, with your buddies, you you do some sort of home run derby. Because I definitely remember doing stuff like that. Too. Whether it would be with a real baseball or with a wiffle ball, right? Yep. Same oh. thing. Also, I got a I got an in, inside question for you. Whether I don't know if you can answer it or not, but you know, I I know the general Bob Lee has announced his retirement, and he's he's now calling it a career, at least at ESPN. Is it? You think it's just a thing that? Uh, 
he's tired and heading to retirement. Was there any inside stuff maybe that hasn't been released that maybe he was tired of internally, maybe the way the Larry Nasser thing was handled or anything? Is, is there anything you could share with us? I don't think there was anything that no, definitely no one pushed him out the door because, I mean, yeah. probably he's, you know, like Chris Berman. I mean, he's one of the originals and also not just because he's one of the originals. He's like one of the best in the in the industry, all of sports television journalism. Bob Lee, is he's one of the best there is. So there was definitely no pushing out the door. Um, you know, sometimes maybe things just might like run their course a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I think he was getting close to retirement anyway. So maybe it was just the time was right. And that he was, you know, the main guy for outside the lines. Um, and as far as I knew, I I didn't know, I guess, all the inside details on how that show was constructed. But I did work on it a yep. decent amount when I was up in Bristol. He basically, when when he was on the show, um, I mean, he he made most of the decisions on yeah. how things were handled, what was on the show. So uh, maybe, maybe some there of that were changed. certain things that there was some pushback from other people. But um, so maybe he was just getting to a point where he didn't like. You know, maybe some of the pushback he was getting on certain topics, but I think I think it was more just the time was right for him. That's fair enough, and and answered very diplomatically as expected. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. You got anything else before we wrap up, Matthew? Well, I was just gonna real quick. Uh, yeah, before we wrap up, Jared's getting like the. I don't know. He's getting into the the working, you know, industry. I guess this is kind of just a summer job for him, the mm-hmm. landscaping. But I, do you think he's getting a taste of what it's like to to be a working man? Oh, without a doubt. I mean, you you know, you and I know a few inside stuff. Like I know him and a partner were driving up north. You know, and we're talking a partner. We're talking a kid about his same age, twenty twenty one years old, and they had the company truck and. They thought it. They thought it required uh, diesel, but they filled it up with unleaded. And I know that was a whole story that we can have Jared maybe uh, reshare with us. And then also, I understand that the boss occasionally can be pretty short fused. And Jared flat out has seen him fire a couple guys on the spot. So yeah, he's getting a taste of the real working world for sure. He's getting a taste, and in, in the long hours, and I've I've done a couple landscaping jobs and been a greenskeeper at Chippewa Hills back home before that shut down, and so I know sometimes these kind of jobs, especially when it's a nice day, like you said it was today, oh, in, yeah. in Michigan, you work until you get the job done because you don't know if it's going to rain or you just got to get this stuff done. You got to move on. So yeah, yeah, Jared, I, I don't know. I, I think he's probably still enjoying. It. He's enjoying that paycheck too, probably, but. Uh, yeah, he's getting a little, maybe it's an eye-opening, but a good experience for him. Well, I think so, and it's kind of like the farmers out there. Then, when, when you got good weather, you got to crack it. And I, I will say this about Jared, you know, we bust his balls sometime for being the young kid and maybe not understanding or seeing things the way for certain I do, but I have to give him some kudos. He is he is very hardworking. He's got his shit together. And even though he's a contrarian, especially to me, which I kind of like, uh, <laughs> Yeah, he, he he's doing it right. He'll be fine. But I'll tell you what, he'll always look back on for sure this summer, whether he'll get whether he'll go back next year or not. I don't know. But yeah, he, he's working hard. Yeah, yeah, it's always a good thing, though. No doubt. All right. Well, I was hoping maybe he he would call in while we were on air, but apparently not. So I guess we're just going to call it a pod, and hopefully all three of us will be ready next week. Make sure you subscribe and rate us on all the big podcasting sites, including Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and others. Give us a follow on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Three Point Pod, and definitely look forward to Friday nights on Z ninety two five. 
following the football games here in mid-Michigan on the radio, you can hear Three Point Podcast, and uh, we look to maybe expand elsewhere as well. Also support our Three Point Podcast partners, Advanced Elevator, Sheridan Realty and Auction Company, Rivals Tap House and Grill, The Corona Connection, Card Service Michiana, and Promec Engineering. Also, check out our great friends at Sports Radio Detroit for their great programming, including Three Point Podcast. This has been a Three Point Podcast production in conjunction with Sportsnet Michigan and Z92.5 The Castle. Thanks again for listening to and supporting Three Point Podcast. You'll find a warm arm And you'll find love And don't forget that There is a someone up above Be a simple kind of man Be something you love and understand your lust from the rich man's gold all that you need now is in your soul and you can do this oh baby if you try all that I want from you my son